Welcome back to No T.O. Shade with your host. I'm Brandy. Nick. And I'm Rendell. And of course, you know me, Chris Dior. On this episode, we would like to introduce the lovely February month for Black History Month. As McDonald's would say, it's not one day a year. It's hashtag 365. Okay, so... We're all black to some degree in this room. Yes. So I want to talk about our experiences growing up black. Because I know y'all seen the hashtag and y'all seen like the funny memes and everything. But let's get real about the situation. Let's talk about what it really was like to grow up black. But before we can go ahead and delve into what it was really like to go in black, one of our members, he is multiracial. His father is white and his mother is black. Yes. So he's biracial. I am biracial, yes. <laughs> Bi, multi, meaning the same multi thing. Multi means more than two. I mean, if we count what's, you know, been well, in we all, through. we all multi something. <laughs> we, we know Mr. Rendell is. <clears throat> oh, my God. Oh, my apologies. Anyways. <laughs> okay. Digress. So, Nick, what was it like growing up in a household where your dad was white and your mother was black? I guess for me, it it really wasn't anything to me. Like, it was, to me, I thought that was the norm. You know, I, I grew up, you know, with a mother from, you know, L.A. You know, she grew up in uh, some pretty rough areas, you know. And then my my father is, um, she showed, 54th Crenshaw, she grew up on the yes. corner. She showed us the house. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah, she, yes. she grew up, she remembers uh, the original, uh, Teddy, the uh, original leader of the, what is that, the Bloods? Blood of the Crips. But she knew both the uh, gang leaders back in the day. Excuse me. Just because I'm African-American doesn't mean I know those groups. You know groups. what? And he going he gonna to sit over there like the African-American, right. the last African-American <laughs> over there. But Not anyways, today. it was, um, and then my father, uh, he's from, he was originally born in Delaware, um, or Maryland, but he grew up in Alabama. Shout outs to Uptown people. That's what's up. <laughs> Okay, my bad. But uh, you know, my dad uh, grew up in Alabama, so, and we my family is um south very, of the Mason Dixon line. We, very south of the Mason Dixon line. Wow. Um, we my um on my dad's side of the family, they did grow up with um I did I will admit I do have uh, KKK family members um, who I have never spoken to. They don't acknowledge my existence. Um, and then the on my mother's side, my grandfather, um, I've never spoken to him. He, I know he is still alive, um, but I've never spoken to him. He did. We're gonna put them in the Trump corner. He, well, facing the wall. Yes. No, he's talking about his talking. grandfather on his mother's side. Yeah, on my mother's side. I'm talking side. about the KKK part of it. Yeah, we no, no, we don't. Yeah, corner. that they're okay. they're over there in that corner. But then for my uh, grandfather on my mother's side, <laughs> um, I've never I've never met him. I know nothing about him. Um, he could not deal with the fact that his daughter would marry a white man. And you back know. in those times, that was growing up black. Exactly. You stayed in you your know, race. He, you stayed in your race. She, he could not understand how she would turn down, you know, eligible, lovely black men for a white man from the South. Okay, mm. let's pause on that one. Because you may be an eligible black man, but that doesn't mean you have all of the qualities that to it consists of being a man. husband or a daddy. Exactly, yes. But <laughs> now back to donors. But for my mom, um, I remember growing up, she would tell us, you know, for her... She never saw color. You know, she grew up, you know, with stories from my grandmother, my great grandmother, um, you know, about how it was when they were little. And so she grew up, 
she didn't really see color. They didn't want her to see color. She, they wanted her to see people. And that's what my mom instilled in me and my siblings. And so it was, it was always interesting, especially growing up, going to school where in the town I was born, I was, me, my two sisters, we were three out of maybe 12 black kids in a... Uh, and y'all were probably a little light brights at that. We were. We were <laughs> we're definitely a little more light skinned than um, oh, the others. But, um, you know, it, it, we grew up in a very predominantly uh, white town, you know. But it was one of those towns everybody knew everybody. And, uh, but it was, it was, it was, for me, it, it never phased me. It never, it wasn't until I grew older where... I start to learn both sides of my family, where I learn both sides of my culture. So let me let me ask you a question. Again, with your father being white and your mother being black, um, were there culture clashes in your household growing up? Because you know, black people and white people do things differently. Ah, <laughs> uh, but see, he didn't know any different. He didn't right, know any no, better. I didn't really know any better at the time. I mean, but looking look back, back on it now. Looking back on it now, I mean, it was definitely a. What was the discipline process like? Let's talk about that. What well, was that's the, discipline? the thing, though. Um, <laughs> when we talk discipline, southern southern families and um, oh, you can black, go ass whoop and black cultures, yeah, they are very similar to each other. You know, food even soul food versus southern cooking, they're very similar to each other. You know, there so there really wasn't too much culture difference other than you know going to a friend's house where they would have you know instead of my mom, she loves her paintings and she had beautiful ornate paintings of you know strong african americans and africans you know all throughout the house and um but then i'd go to my friends houses and they and they didn't have things like that you know it was it was different to me to go into somebody's house and there's their walls are barren you know and go into my house and there were there my mama i know she has um this picture of it's four beautiful african women in you know true uh God, I can't think of what country it is in Africa that she said, um, but in true African garb. And it was it's still one of the most beautiful paintings I've ever seen. And so, I mean, that was really the only culture difference. And then we had my mom. I don't, this is from my mom. She has a massive uh, picture of Miss Scarlett O'Hara from uh, Gone with the Wind. And that so sits that's in the where you get that drag queen from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, my uh, that's where the inspiration comes from. Yes. Okay, my inspiration came from Miss Scarlett O'Hara. She okay. was she was a very strong Southern Speaking woman. Speaking of Gone with the Wind, <laughs> Gone with the Wind. Hey, a lot of people don't the know. Mammy, Mammy. Yes, Mammy was one of the first. African American females to receive an Oscar award for best for her supporting portrayal, actress for her portrayal of what they call Mammy or a slave mistress. And to those of you that don't understand the culture of Mammy, if you look at the ancient Mayan bottle, there is a depiction. If you've seen a couple of episodes of the Golden Girls, Sophia <laughs> did a depiction. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make the African American culture look less than or beneath. But what most people don't understand is our culture learned a way of survival. We taught ourselves different scenarios and different avenues to get places using code and language. So in the newfangled terms of hashtag, those were invented by African-Americans because the Underground Railroad in the D.C. metropolitan area, Mm -hmm. if you look at different streets, 
reading them backwards or changing around a few other words, it tells you what direction to go mm-hmm. to free yourself. Mm-hmm. So for this Black History Month year, season, history, we as a culture should strive in learning about ourselves, learning what the difference of Southern cuisine versus Black soul food. There is a difference. The nuance is different. And if you look at some of the things that we eat as a country, they have come from the African nations or the nations with soul and rhythm. Amen. So on this growing up black hashtag, Miss B, do you (laughs) remember the infamous Getting your hair combed or brushed in the morning and you get your forehead, your neck, your ear, sometimes even your underlip brushed in one motion. Let's just know that was a process when mama used to sit you in front of the stove because she Mm -hmm. had that good, good hot comb heating up to part your hair. And to burn your scalp from the back of your ears to the See. bottom of your neck. And with my sisters, don't you dare squirm. No, you it's don't gonna move. be worse. You don't move. And this is where the term "pretty hurts" come from. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember <laughs> another <laughs> term: snap, crackle, pop. Because <laughs> soon as that head hit that grease, <laughs> you mean the the blue bergamot grease? Oh shit! Yes, yes, yes. My mama still and used it. And it just cooked everything. But you know what? It was fried, dyed, laid to the side, and we was purdy. That was Easter Sunday. Had the Easter Sunday with that good, good roller on that bang that left that indentation on the curl. Oh. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. But we were sharp. We were and sharp. That's the newfangled <laughs> girls um, that have no hair. They call that pony with no tail. That's when even though mama burned them, you still had your edges. AKA, <laughs> I don't know what it was about back then. AKA the Chinese bang. <laughs> okay. Chinese bang. Now, let's speaking of growing up black, hashtag. Does anyone have a favorite Kool-Aid package? Red, I don't like Kool-Aid. Red. <laughs> Red. I don't drink sugar water. I'm you may not drink sugar water. Time but out. you do have protein water. Time <laughs> out. I done met some of your family. <laughs> How you ain't drink Kool-Aid? Randall, we about to get real, real with this. This what you not finna do. He must be talking about his newfangled life. Maybe, mm-hmm. because the family I met, I know they drink Kool-Aid. And the Kool- stories you've told me. <laughs> Kool-Aid has carbs in it. And um, their favorite color was probably either red or grape. With a pineapple <laughs> sitting at the bottom of that thing. And they probably said they stirred it up with the sugar. It was not good until the sugar came all the way to the top. Oh, no. Kool-Aid. No. The, the best one is when you have one, one packet of tropical fruit and you got one package of lemonade and you put yes. that thing together. Yes. Oh, Wait, no, but you want to hit a lick real quick? You go get you some styrofoam cups and you pour that Kool-Aid in the cup, throw it in the freezer, What'd and then the say? next day you selling frozen cups out your back, See, out the back though. 25 cents, 50 cents. Y'all call them flips here. We call them frozen cups, baby. No, we call them frozen cups down here. Oh, okay, because they keep calling them flips. I'm like, in, what is in a the flip? New, in the newfangled life, if you want a frozen cup <laughs> that's adult flavored, <laughs> what you would do is add um, two cups of Ciroc to that. <laughs> but for real, like, you didn't really grow up black if you did not have a candy lady. <laughs> Yes. yes, where you get the pickle, the oh, chip, the, the hot lady. sausage. The yes, p- the nine later. The pickled egg. 
and See, we didn't have no candy lady girl. Cool house. We they we knew that they had some a bug problem, but it wasn't in her freezer. <laughs> <laughs> But we was over there knocking the pack, for them 25 cents. The package say not for resale, but she reselling anyway. <laughs> you can get you get four cookies for a dollar. What? Mm. Yes. Okay. 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 I didn't grow up with no candy lady. That's because you grew up with North. Oh, I, I did. I was up North. He was no, in the Midwest. We, excuse me. Oh. I was up. I was. Yeah, you wanted. Two states under that's Canada. The white, that's the white part. You was deprived with the white part. Wait a minute. Excuse me. Um, Nick may have not grew up oh, with shit. the candy lady because he had all the candy. <laughs> okay, so growing up, did you experience racism? Yes. Yes. Let me let me hear y'all story. I did. Go ahead. I did once I got to high school. So from all of my life to right up before I got into the ninth grade. I grew up in the hood in Baltimore, East Side. Hey, be more. Um, blacker than blacker than black. I knew nothing else. Like, that's just what I knew. My mother decided, oh, let's give my kids a better life. Let's move to the county. And she ain't picked the mixed county. She picked the whitest of the white counties that she could find. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I know them counties. So Let me tell you. I'm like, we, me and my sister, we walk up in the school. We like Chips Ahoy. You know, it's a sprinkle of us in like every batch. Like, wait a minute. Where all the black people at? So I was ain't like, no. okay. And then me, I was shy but outgoing at the same time. And I'm that person you either like me or you don't. And because the school that I went to was predominantly white, I found myself, like, always having these little hating-ass white Beckys. And that's what I'm going to call them, for the lack of better words, and not calling them midges, but white Beckys. Like, really? And they, oh, your hair. Oh, what do you do with your hair? And, like, why is my hair such a thing? You have hair, too. Like, okay, you're not going to be touching my hair every day, boo. Get up on my face. Oh, well, you guys, you have to walk to school? Well, only because my house is a block away and a bus don't come to my house, but you get your little happy ass on the bus every day. Okay, that don't mean nothing. You know, and it was just like little things, little digs. And then I was like, you know what? Okay, this is what I don't want my kids to go through. So that's why I raised them to not see color because I didn't want the ignorance level that I dealt with with them little sorry bastards to, you know, kind of trickle on. Pure. Well, I will say my experience with racism was since I've been younger. And the first comment that threw me off was I didn't know little porch monkeys mm. could, could be this smart. And this was when I was in the seventh grade and I asked the Caucasian young man, I said, why do you feel that way? He said, because um, all we see on TV is... You guys are lower class, you have no education, and you're not good for anything. And I said, wow. Well, and I pulled him to the side and I said, just to let you know, I will be smarter than you. I'm always going to be smarter than you, and you never will have shit. And to this day, when I see his ass in Cocoa Beach, he still works at the same McDonald's I used to work at <laughs> when I was 13. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Oh, Okay. Yes, that that was a, a weird, weird experience because I was, grew up military family. And living in Cocoa Beach, going to Cocoa Beach Junior Senior High School, and to see that it was you and one other black girl that was in the class and you would not consider her black 
because everything that came out of her mouth, she sounded like she grew up in the valley. And t- for them to say, we didn't know black people could be this smart, or we did not know black people had education, that took me for a loop because my mother and my grandparents have always taught me, you need to work two times harder to be just average. So my just average in life got me a lot of trouble. And that's probably why I am the Dior I am today, because my first experience with cussing was when my white teacher told me, um, you need to get up and do your multiplication tables. And I told her, no, I'm not doing it. And she said, just ever so cavalier, this nigga need to get up and <laughs> do his multiplications. And I told her just so clearly I'm not doing a motherfucking thing because my parents pay your ass to get up there and teach me. Yes, I got an ass whooping when my mother came up to the school, but I knew better. And I've always been taught by my grandmother the key topic of WPM. And she said, when you start working, always remember white people's money will get your ass in trouble. So, if it ain't yours, put it back in the register. Mm-hmm. If you're counting it, make sure you're under a camera. If somebody is giving it to you, have an open palm. When you give them back their change, your change has to be counted back with an open palm. Mm-hmm. So you will never see me put anybody money on the counter or even give you money and it's close up on you. No, I need you to see everything that's going in and out my hand because jail is not a prospect for me. It's funny you say that. Now that you say that, I think about it and you're right. I've seen I've seen you do it many times. So yeah. Nick. Uh for me um I didn't really I mean looking back, I mean even as a kid, I didn't really experience racism um which I I I think was astounding for me. Um it was Especially for the town I grew up in, my hometown, little itty bitty redneck town, nobody's ever heard of, a little dot, you know, on the map. Um, it wasn't until I moved, um, actually, to the neighboring city, which was a large. It's the um, either the second or third largest city in Illinois. Um, it's about an hour away from Chicago, um, and that's when I really um, experienced racism, and it actually came from my neighbor, who was <laughs> a very vocal racist. Um, and I remember when we moved in, um, you know, being outside because my, my parents' house—I I love their home. It's very—it's 135-year-old home. It's beautiful. Um, Stick to the story. Anyway, <laughs> can I finish? Because I'm getting to the story. the The point is, it has a the, a patio, and our neighbor's house. Um, the na- the neighbor would come outside and. <laughs> She would make vocal, you know, statements of, you know, I can't believe I have fucking nigger borns living next door. Or, you know, if she would see me and my siblings, it was, there go those fucking nigger abominations. Or um, there was one night we were all outside enjoying ourselves. Beautiful evening. And she comes outside to get a beer because she was a heavy drinker and smoker. Um, comes outside and as she's getting a beer, all you can hear her doing, yelling to her husband is, I don't know why the fuck you're making me do this shit. I'm not no fucking nigger slave and you know she was very vocal about the way she felt and um it was to the point even so much as walking home from school off the bus we it, the first time i've 
you know, I almost lost my cool. You know, I was a kid, but I wasn't going to do anything. Um, you know, walking home, I walked, just happened to walk on her side of the street, and she comes outside yelling about, you know, no niggers allowed on my yard. I was on the road. No, I didn't even touch her yard. It got to the point where I had to tell my sisters um, and myself, we start walking on the other side of the road to avoid this woman's house. And I, I'm, I hate, you know, that there's that much hate in that woman's heart for people she knows nothing about. But I'm grateful because it's something as a mixed child that it kind of helped build me to the person I am, you know, to hear somebody look at you who knows nothing about you and be a mixed child and look at you and go, you're nothing but a nigger born abomination. Well, that taught you how to (laughs) ignore people, ignore people, go inside with life. But as we're taking a break before we get to Rendell, um, please learn the definition. Go to your local thesaurus or dictionary and learn the difference between nigger and nigga. And Negro. And Negro. There is a difference. Some people use that term cavalry. Some of our own culture use it as a slang term back and forth. But that word shows hurt for 45 and over. And for 44 and under, it's something you just say. It's a term of endearment. To me, that is not a term of endearment. To me, it's a racial slur, and it's, it's arrogance at its finest. Growing up, it was nothing to me either because my family has never been ignorant. No, no, no. You had to learn. Like, <clears throat> my auntie said, if you don't know the word, figure it out, and then write a sentence in each form of that word, noun, adjective, adverb, and so on. But Rendell, growing up black, growing up black. I would have to say for me growing up, I don't think I experienced racism. And if I did, I wasn't aware of it. I grew up in South Bend, Indiana. Um, I only knew one other black family growing up. But that wasn't a huge problem for me. Like my mother, she, my mother did a very good job of keeping us contained in a bubble. Mm-hmm. And we did not go outside that bubble. So I didn't know anything outside of my family unit. I didn't know anything outside of just going to school. Hashtag throwback Thursday here. Mm-hmm. And there used to be this white, this little white girl that used to say. Oh, Jesus, the picture. I'm sorry. I just got the picture. Go ahead. There used to be this little white girl who stayed in the apartment um, building right next to me. We used to go outside every day and like we used to go dig for worms. But I wouldn't say that I experienced racism growing up. Um, and when it comes to like the N-word, like growing up in my family, my aunt, she used to always teach us that the N-word was a bad word. And so when me and my brothers used to say it, my cousin was like, oh, you can't say that word. That's a bad word. But... And all the music that I listened to, like, and everything that was surrounding <laughs> was <all> me, <laughs> the N-word was there. And I'm not going to be apologetic for using the N-word. I'm going to use it because that's just, it's there inside of me. And I don't know anything. And I don't take, I know the root of the word and I know where it comes and I don't know where it comes from. But I don't have that meaning in the word when I say it. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I didn't experience racism until I got older and I started to come out and I tried to experience dating and meeting other gay men. And that's when racism came into effect for me. It wasn't because I've never been discriminated against. I've always had white friends. And I've never been in a situation where racism has like blatantly affected me. Um, I know that it exists. <laughs> Very much so. It does exist, and we have experienced it in one of our local establishments, but no one really called it out. But I would say I experienced more sexual racism than anything. Well, we will in our culture, in in the but see, LGBT that's, that's, community. But see, that's where I, where I get confused, like, because is it racism or is it just a person's preference? It's no. Mm. So... People will say, oh, well, I can't date a black person or I would never date a black man. I would never bring a black man home. But when you go and search their porn history. They've been with black men. They're, all they're searching for is. BBC. Ebony, ebony oh. gay porn, BBC. <laughs> in their grinder profile, it says sub for BBC. So they love black men, but they don't want to admit Publicly. It. They well, can't bring that home. Okay. Well, I say t to that effect, it is a little of both, mm -hmm. but it's born ignorance. And why I say that? Because Italians don't realize you are black. They don't realize it. Spanish people don't realize you are black. Anything in the Dominican Republic, <laughs> Haiti is right next door. Puerto Rico. Anything... From the islands. Your so-called Christopher Columbus, who said he discovered America as he was searching for India. Who are you talking? He brought <laughs> the African culture to the States. Anyone in the lower half of the United States, no matter where you come from, Creole. You can be a white Creole. You can be <clears throat> an Asian Creole. That's considered a dialect of the African culture. Not lying. I got this light-skinned Haitian at my job. And everyone was like, how are you Haitian and you light-skinned? I have an albino Nigerian that I work for that had to tell me, I am a black man. I know you are. <laughs> yes. You ain't had to tell me that. <laughs> you're albino, but I know you're black. So in this society, <laughs> we do experience. In LGBTQ, we experience it worse. Because they will say, no black men. Don't want to date a black man. No Asians. No Asians. My favorite is, I'd date you if you were either full white or full black. Oh, okay. And oh, yes, that's one I've experienced. And the answer to that is... Go fuck yourself. No, don't go fuck yourself. Remember, well, I'm not going to do it. Remember the dicks you done had in your mouth. If they're Italian... You're black. But ain't we all the same color when you turn the lights off? <laughs> no. We all let, black then. Let me let me <laughs> let me ask y'all a question. What has growing up black taught you? Huh. It has taught me to be on your best behavior when you're entering a new situation mm -hmm. or someone's establishment, or you're just around, period. Because you never know. You could be accused of something that you had no idea you were involved in. And I experienced that, and a couple of my friends saw me act a ass. 
<laughs> Brandy? It has taught me to not be afraid to show my intelligence and the level of intellect that I actually have based on my skin color. And see, and I get it two ways because I'm black and I'm an educated female. So I've always been in environments where I have to play with the boys club. <clears throat> so professionally, you know, I get it two ways because I'm a black woman coming into, you know, a white boys club or, you know, the fact that I'm female. So, you know, it just really taught me to know my roots, stand my ground and just to, you know, be who I am and not be scared to show the intelligence behind the person that I am. I kid all day long, but trust and believe I'm one of the smartest and baddest bitches that's out here. But I have mm. to not be scared to show that. Nick? For me, it's been um, growing up mixed, you know, biracial. It's It's been, I've been given the opportunity to see the world a little differently. You know, I've been given the chance to have the parentage I do and look at people and go, it's pure ignorance. It is, I see people for who they are. You know, if you are a good person, mm -hmm. that's who I'm going to love. If you have hate in your heart, I don't, I don't want you in my life. I don't see, and that's what something I was saying earlier, you know, my mama or my mother taught us, you know, to see people, not, not color. color. Yeah. And so it's definitely, and it's one of those things, look, especially when it comes to racism, and I saw something not too long ago on Facebook, white people give everybody crap about, you know, being different colors. Y'all change 50 different shades of color. To try okay. to get to our color. Y'all turn even do it. red when you're choking, you're green when you're sick, you're purple when you're dizzy. <laughs> like Y'all, but that's the thing. It's, the, the world needs all these different walks of life. They need all the colors that come together. Like, without it, where the hell would we be? And everybody seems to forget Africa, the motherland. Okay. Randall? What growing up black has taught me? You need to learn how to make some Kool-Aid. <laughs> I know how to make Kool-Aid. Just don't expect Kool-Aid or hot sauce to be in my house. Yeah. Time out. You ain't real, though. You ain't representing... <laughs> Well, Corey, I'm just saying, Mr. Rendell, you're whiter than I am. Right. <laughs> well, but you know what? Least... I can't even front on that because he's like my daughters. Like, my girls, I call them black, white girls because they're just like that. I sheltered my girls the same way. Well, um, as as we're <laughs> getting ready to close out, can I at least say Lipton or Louisiana iced tea? <laughs> yeah, fucks with Lipton. <laughs> All right. But we still got one more question before we end here. I do but, too, um, but only because I don't want diabetes. <laughs> growing up black has taught me never date a nigga with a job. What? Lies and vicious trash. Where you come from with that? Because they don't want to give up their money. If you ask somebody with a job, baby, let me hold. I need some money. Oh, I got to wait till I get paid. Versus dating a drug dealer, they got money on deck. I'm like, okay, let me, let me hit you back in 20 minutes. I want to pop a bubble in that. Oh my god! Because that's across the board. Another segment. That is across the board. It don't matter what your skin tone is. Everybody can think that way. We're not talking about white collar versus blue collar. Holla, holla, holla! No, let's not go there because we're not talking about white collar versus blue collar. Crime or what? <laughs> white what collar it? versus blue collar. Who? Why you got <laughs> blue collar? This. 
I almost Bur- called you. <laughs> does Brandy just just let him speak? Jesus. Growing up, black has taught me to be creative. You have to make a way out of no way. Sometimes you don't have the means. That's Jesus. To get yes. things done. Yes, God. So you have gonna to figure out a way to yes. get it done. Now that's a black testament right there. <laughs> Everybody, mama or grandma has told you that <laughs> one day in life. Yes. If, if you know you can go to bed and your mama hasn't eaten, but she done split two eggs and Jesus. a handful of rice to feed five Jesus. people. That's growing up that's black. That's growing up mm-hmm. black. We don't have no money for no coaxial cable. But baby, you finna stand here with this aluminum foil and we gonna get this yes. picture on this TV right today. Yes, that antenna line. Ooh, as you squirm as you squirm that aluminum honey, foil. Honey, 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 hold the hold, hold it. Just right move there. it, move it, it half, a quarter inch. A quarter <laughs> Mom, I don't know a quarter inch. Just move it a quarter inch. There, done. Hold on. Come back. Y'all, but did y'all have a TV with the knob that was gone so you had the pliers on that motherfucker? Yeah, again. No. This is how I you was know. the remote control. <laughs> this is, is. Wait a this minute. is so really we, growing up black. When your mama or grandma say wrench, wrench it off. Wrench over there and wrench it off. What? That is not a code. Don't look at me that, like you don't know what wrench it off means. Wrench it off. <laughs> yes, no, that's when I am out of, the, uh, out of the loop. No, for. not the sink, the zinc. You better take your ass to the zinc. Or, or, and when, they, it or off. when they say they twisted it, bill gonna get high. <laughs> what growing up black has taught me. Is that when it's thundering and lightning outside? You better you not get no your water. Ass down. Turn the lights off. No water. You better not get in the tub. <laughs> See, and that's where. Turn the lights off and you sit down. See, that's where uh, uh, the white side of me comes into play. Because my dad, <laughs> we, it, you start, it starts thundering and raining. Guess what? We standing outside in the thunder and the rain. We watching the lightning strike across the sky. Yeah, and that's going, that white Look shit. At the yeah, that's that's that white shit. shit. No, we going to hide. But hiding. my mom, my we mom. We going to hide. Ain't nobody getting electrocuted tonight. But my mom, you know, being black, she would all the time if y'all kids don't get your asses in this house but mom we won't look at this if you get struck by lightning I ain't taking you to the hospital no I'm sorry wait a minute I know everybody had to y'all better not leave my screen door open letting out my electricity are you paying the electric are you trying to cool down the outside what growing up black has taught me is you either stay in or or you stay out But you if better you come be inside back, this house, one more uh-uh, game. But you better, better be back on this house before, before the street them lights. street lights come on. <laughs> Ain't that Let you not. True. What? Let me have to come out and call your name. And don't okay. don't come in and out the house too many times. She's gonna lock the door behind you. Run out my it. goddamn light bills. <laughs> um, how old were you when you realized there was a difference between being black and other races? Um, I can say I was three. I was with my auntie, and she said. When we walk in this establishment, don't touch nothing, don't look at nothing, don't smell <laughs> nothing, don't ask for nothing. And I seen a little white boy steal something off the counter, and she said, now you see that example? Don't do that, because your ass will go to jail before he ever would. And that's when I realized I'm going to have to work double time in life, because I'm a smart-ass motherfucker with a smart-ass mouth. I realized that when I got to high school and I put all my blood, sweat, and tears in this Black History Month uh, presentation that I had to do. We had to do this whole classroom project, and I did this 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 banging project that said, you know, education is knowledge and used a whole bunch of, like, Martin Luther King quotes and, like, all of these different black figure quotes for this presentation. And this little Becky... She won, and her stuff was so basic, so something, but it was like, you don't even know any Basically of these struggles that you that you wrote about. Like, 
you probably plagiarized half of this out of a book. Like, you don't know none of this. And I realized it then. I was just like, the playing field will never be equal. You know, I will always have to work harder to show that I'm not her and she'll never be on my level. Uh, I think for me it was... um. Because I grew up with majority of my dad's side of the family. Uh, my mom's side is lives in California. I, I don't really spend much time with them. I've only met my grandmother and great-grandmother three times in my entire life. Um, and I think I really noticed the difference when I moved, when, you know, I did have my racist neighbor and I realized, you know, maybe I am a little different from everybody else. You know, that's when it really stuck for me that this isn't uh, – and to me it is the norm. It is the norm to me because I have three siblings who are mixed as well. And I have three older brothers who are, you know, my half brothers. They're full white. But to me, it was realizing that I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I am a little different from others. And I had to build a damn tough exterior for that shit to get through this life. All right. And Mr. Twerktastic. Oh, that's a new nickname. That's delicious. <laughs> um, I think I realized there was a difference when I moved back home to Florida from Indiana and I was in the sixth grade I moved back to the hood shout out to the hood and people would ask me why do you talk so white what are you talking about I can't stand that term. White proper equals white. You Which talk is so, bullshit. You talk very proper. You enunciate all your words. You say the whole word. That's also a well, thing. Isn't that the way we're supposed to talk? Yeah. Isn't that... And the way that people are taught in the South and the way that they're taught in the North is different. People in the North, they... What I was doing in the fourth grade... People were doing in the sixth, seventh, and eighth grade here. Yeah, we're very advanced up north. So not in all topics. <laughs> Truth. Don't when, come to us. Don't come. When I got into middle school <laughs> and they're talking about still dividing fractions and people don't know how to divide fractions and when you gotta flip the other number and multiply, I'm like, mm. Y'all still on this baby bullshit? I'm still on that baby bullshit. <laughs> and people are like, why don't you write in cursive? Oh, oh, no, no. Why Why, why do, do you write? Yes, yes. No, why do you Because when I was in the fourth and fifth grade, everything that I turned in, we it had, had to, to be write in cursive. cursive. Mm -hmm. yeah, they wouldn't to. accept the assignment if we did not write in cursive. Well, that's a part of the education in the South. Um, a lot of the outgoing teachers in the system didn't have to worry about penmanship. So to the Southern side of everything as of now, you can ask a child to write their name, and it's going to be in manuscript. Absolutely. Because not signature is not, not important these days. So <laughs> I realized there was a difference when I realized that I did not fit in with black culture. When I realized I did not fit in with my peers and the people who lived in the neighborhood with me. I didn't even want to go out. Yeah, I didn't even want to go outside. I stayed inside because... And that's the reason why today I'm so antisocial because I moved around a lot. And my brothers, they were, it was easy for them to go out and make friends. Me, I was a dork. All I wanted to do was stay inside, watch my cartoons, and play my video games. 
We know that. We ain't nothing changed. So. But that's what he grew up as. Right, why am that. I going to go out and make friends when in six months or a year, I'm just going to move and it's going to be like, I never even knew you. Got you. That explains a lot. I think most of us may not have known that about Rinda. And that gives back to the friendship topic. But before we end this lovely <clears throat> idea of growing up black, we must look inside ourselves. We must understand. A culture doesn't re- relate to the person that you actually are. Stereotypical norms does not fit in every household or in every society. Mm-mm. And the idea of nature versus nurture is not true. Your nature or your atmosphere does not bring out the person that you actually are. What brings out the person that you actually are is the education level that you have, the ideas of who you see yourself, and what you want to become. Because any given stereotypical idea of yourself, if it comes into your psyche and you let that be you, that is who you're going to portray. Mm-hmm. And growing up black is not who I am. I'm Christopher Dior, and I will be that educated black man that you will hate, yes. love, or get to know. <laughs> and on that note, if it's no tea, it's then it's shade. Shade. Mm.